All right, we're here again with another episode of Ryan Seaman and Friends. Uh, this week is a very cool episode for me because I get to just chill with one of my regular friends I get to see, I don't know, like once a week, maybe even sometimes twice a week, depending on what the week looks like. Mm-hmm. But um, I have digital advertising specialist, marketing guy, Kyle Hewlett on the show today. Kyle, thank you so much for coming by and being on my show, Ryan Seaman and Friends. And I just... I love the hell out of you. I've seen I've seen you grown so much over the years, and I just wanted to have you on because I think you're an interesting guy, and I want to hear just every, everything about you, you know, and your story. Because I, I feel like when I when I go to like shows and I go to events and stuff like that, like I meet all these people, but then it's like I kn- I know a little bit about them, but I don't know enough to just like actually sit down and like know their story. So like I do these episodes, so I can learn more about my friends, if that makes any sense. And so and so the people that are listening can also learn. Like who I'm like hanging out with, <laughs> who I see, you know. So, sure. Kyle, thank you so much for coming. Hey, you buddy, know? what's going on? I'm, I'm I'm chilling, man. Just getting through these episodes, you know, because um, Adobe likes they love it when I turn in an episode once a week, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. So I turn in episodes once a week, and they play it, and then everybody's happy. A diligent and disciplined man. <laughs> we love that. Yeah, man. So okay, so Kyle, so my story, right? I, I mean, I grew up in like a small town. I grew up in Utah. I was involved really heavily in my music scene. And not a lot has changed, really. It's just, it's just I'm older now, and I know a little bit more than I did all those years ago. So, like, where did everything start for you? Like, what made you want to, like, get into music? Because I know you're also a musician. You're also, you're also a bass player. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, take me back to, like, when you were growing up and what that was like and just getting into everything. I, I want to know the nitty-gritty, like, the town and just just all of it you know sure um i mean i started in a town called poughkeepsie new york um okay. there was a pretty thriving music scene at the time there was kind of uh run by this guy named jeff menig um oh, jeff kind of started in like the late 2000s i think there was an earlier scene as well but i came in i think 2010 or 11 okay. um and i was in like middle school um, and I had never really been to like a club show or anything. Uh-huh. I didn't know any of the bands. I had a girlfriend right. that listened to the used and like, I love the used because of that. And like, um, you know, she listened to my chemical romance. I stole a bunch of her CDs. And so like, that was kind of the, okay. ex- the extreme of how far I got into music. Okay. Um, she really wanted to go to this concert that was, it was, uh, Jeff Menig's or, or Glamour, or it was a GK Holiday Festival. Yeah, Glamour Kills. That, that yeah. used to be like a, a, a clothing brand company that was really popular in upstate New York. It was a cool, the Flying like, Pig. It was awesome. It was. Like, everyone had one of those shirts, and it was, like, the coolest thing to do or be at. Like, honestly, in, like, the whole scene, like, Glamour Kills was really popping. It was, like, All Time Low, the Friday Night Boys, like. I have to tell you a story about Glamour Kills later. Just remind me to come back to it. But, sure, okay, okay, so so you, so you're immersed in the scene. I know Jeff, he ended up moving to like um atlanta and now he does a lot of shows out yep. of uh the masquerade yeah which and he's is like he's out of the masquerade now and he's managing yeah. a band called left to suffer that are pretty friggin' sweet okay but I'll have to uh, check that out. yeah jeff's a great guy uh we had our uh moments of butting heads when i was like 15 um yeah because you were 15 but we'll you know? get to that you okay. know <laughs> so like i went to this like basically i had this girlfriend that loved the scene she loved the myspace era like i think the deepest i'd ever gone in was like scary kids scaring kids and like <laughs> Maybe some like escape early escape the fate okay. like situations came up. She's like, "Wow, I can't believe you found this band." And uh-huh. I was like, "Me either." Like, pretty cool. Like, right. um, and so she wanted to go to the GK Holiday Festival, or maybe it was Eat Your Heart Out or something okay. like that. And so I bought her tickets. You know, it was um, I didn't know any of the bands, not one single band, but I bought her tickets. 
and uh, like a month before the show, we broke up. Okay. And so oh I, God. yeah, so I still gave her the tickets, um, or at least her ticket. And I decided I was going to go because my whole school was going. The whole thing was pretty sold out, like packed show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went into just kind of hang out in the back. Like I think I was escorted with somebody's parent. Like couldn't really hang out at all. Like just had to hang out with my friends and their parents. And then I started talking to this dude by the merch booth. Okay. Um, and we became like best was this, bros. Was this at like the loft or is this at the, the this was the whole chance. The whole, the whole chance, chance was okay. rented out for this. <laughs> and like, it okay. was super popping, like right. probably like 1200 people or something. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I'm hanging out by the merch booth and this guy says, what's up? And uh-huh. we kind of bro down, we hang out and he's like, Hey man, like you want to come outside? I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And I was like, uh, I don't, I don't think I can go outside. Like, you know, I'm here with like, my friend's parents. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. and he's like, no, you're good. And he flashes me this like little like tag on his hip. It's on this little <laughs> chain thing. And I was like, I call uh, it a laminate. Is yeah. And he's like, it? I got this. You're good. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> it's like, trust me, bro. You're good. And I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we go outside and we go back by the buses and right. all this stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And we're hanging out. And it turns out this dude's in this band called broken side. And I was like, Oh man. And all of a sudden okay. I'm hanging out with all these other bands. I didn't know what, anything about broken side either. I just knew that they were walking around with a big giant pig costume and seemed like there was a lot of girls. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Like okay. you guys seem pretty cool. And, hanging out with a band called Breathe Carolina yep. at the time. And yeah. then I think Every Avenue were also there. Got it. And they all kind of really just brought me in. You're, like, you're, paint, you're painting a picture that's very colorful because I was thriving and touring already at this time. You know, I, That was my first club show ever. Wow. And so I really hit it off with these guys. Um, and so there was a moment when they were like, we're going to go up to the green room. You know, do you want to come with us? Like, okay. you know, just huddle in between us and we'll, we're just going to rush you in. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So we walk onto the stage and the whole school just How starts. How old are you at this point? You said? Uh, actually I was 14. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So, so the whole school sees this and they just erupt and me and the singer for broken side, he pulls me up to the front of the stage and like, and the whole crowd is just screaming. Right. I was like, wow, this is nuts. And like girls are pulling in me into the crowd. Like everybody, it's erupted. You know, this is a crazy show at this point. Okay. Um, and so like that was kind of like my first show ever. And like I went back to school and like my whole school saw it and they were like, You're the fucking guy. It was like, How did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. Oh, so like, that kind of music was popular like when you were going to high school. Uh I think, yeah, that was ninth freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause like when I was in school, the music that I listened to, which was like, it's weird because the the, the time period that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I graduated high school in like 02. So like things that were starting to get popular were like, you know, like the use and taking back Sunday. And like, it was a lot of like stuff on like epitaph records or like fat mm-hmm. records or hopeless yeah. or whatever. Like it was just starting to become a thing like with, with people in my school as I was graduating. Right. You know, does that make sense? So right. like, I was listening to a lot of things, like the things that I were, I was listening to was, was not cool. Right. You know, and it in was the eyes of people. Popping. Jeff did a really good job getting like the local community. A lot of local yeah. bands brought out all their friends. Totally. So they really started to know this whole crowd. It was a really popping show, like 100%. Um, so, I mean, anyways, like that was yeah. it. Like it was over for me. I'm like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, like wow. right there. Okay. Um, so, I started finding ways to get involved. You know, I, I volunteered for the Fearless Street team. Uh, like I started, in your town? Yeah, in my town. Oh my so, God. I would get okay. a ton of posters, a ton of stickers, and I would just like, plastered them all over my school. I was the guy who just, just came like write them an email or what? what yeah. Happened? Well, okay. actually I went on their website and I found out who worked there and I went and added this girl, Heather, um, that worked, that was like the, the street team leader or the okay. marketing leader. See a lot of the people that listen to the show, like they, they want to do music and exactly. they're trying to figure out yeah. how to get it. So this is, this is a this really is exactly good, what I did. You're, you're yeah. my, you're my person. This yeah. Is, this I, is great. You're on here. Okay. I just went out of my way, you know, and I figured it out and, and, and I did that for the rest of my life. It, you know, I took this like approach of just figure it the fuck out. You know, right. if you want to be involved, just do it. 
Okay. You know, and so she sent me a ton of different flyers. And so I was postering all over my school and just got super heavily involved. I, I did the MySpace thing. I figured out how to promote bands. I found other ways to get involved. And then I started um, booking my own local concerts. And I was okay. like, man, I'd love to book like a concert and have some bands play. Yeah. I was really into charity at the time because that was like the cool thing in 2011 was like start your own charity or get involved oh, in charities. Okay. and. Um, and so I found this thing called Tom shoes and like, it wasn't Tom's, really, yeah. it wasn't that popular yet. And you know, right. it ended up exploding, but like I came across it through a web co- website called social vibe. Okay. And it was like, I don't know what it was. It was a really cool MySpace thing with like badges and such. Right. But, um, and so I went through the website on Tom shoes, like, Hey, like, how can I get involved here? They're like, actually we do these little things called style your soul parties where you get a bunch of friends to order the shoes and then like you guys can decorate them, you know, and you make a little party. And I was like, okay. That'd be kind of a cool way to like get a bunch of local bands involved. Be like, hey, I'm doing a Tom Shoe style your soul party, and kind of get them to sell tickets so I can rent the room and then uh, make it right. Kind of so free. they have a place to play. Exactly. And, okay. You know, and so like I kind of bundled that together. And it, but the thing that was important here was that I found um, kind of an avenue of entry, something that wasn't normal. There was a charity involved that helped me get a discount on the room that made it. Uh, interesting. Okay. You know, it wasn't just a regular local show. It wasn't just a regular DIY. There was something else to this that made people kind of want to show up to it and see what it was. Um, And so I booked a whole bunch of local bands. I worked really hard to promote it. um, And I designed my own flyer. I learned Photoshop in high school. Uh, I sat in on my friend's AP um, like photo class and like just constantly figure out all these different things where I could figure out how to be an asset to somebody else. Okay. And put myself in it. Sure. Um, and so booked that show. It was pretty awesome. Um, all of a sudden, somebody, or I don't know if anybody remembers this band called The Best Week Ever. Uh, there was this guy, Tom DeGrazia, in my local scene that okay. had started a band called We Are the In Crowd. Um, I, remember, I remember We Are the In Crowd for sure. And so we loved We Are the In Crowd. And I knew all these things about Tom because he was this awesome producer. And him and I made friends on MySpace. Okay. And he was like, hey, like, you know, I, I heard you're booking some shows. Like, we want to book our first show. Like, can you help us get into As Best room? Weekend Ever or as We Are the In Crowd? So he uh, got kicked out of We Are the In Crowd. Oh, um, okay. And then he had started a band called The Best Week Ever, which okay. was kind of like. Sorry, Best Week Ever. <laughs> okay. The Best Week Ever, yeah. yeah. I said Best Weekend. All right, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, they were, they were a great band. And okay. they were, they were going to get signed to Columbia like they had this huge record deal like Uh they were just awesome um and so i was like yeah like absolutely i'll do anything and so that's when i really got into photoshop really got into promoting i rented my first like real big room wow um and that was my first show and that did so well that all of a sudden somebody else got my contact from i think one of the opening bands or something okay um and then i started getting like local agents hitting me up it was actually this guy uh actually Andrew Cram. I don't know if you ever met Andrew Cram. So Andrew Cram reached out to me about Set It Off and asking me to book Set It Off there. A band called Rocky Loves Emily. And then there was a couple more shows. And so I became this local promoter. Okay. Um, But I had to get local bands to play for me. So I needed to find ways to get them to play for me. Not specifically not for Jeff, but, you know, his shows were really popular. So were you booking at, like, the the Chance, like at the Loft? Or where were you booking? No. So I was booking at a room called the Polish Club. Okay, I've never been there. Yeah, it was down the street. It was originally where, like, all he had booked all-time low there, was supposed to, and then they exploded, and and then he took it over to the Chance, and, like, that was, like, supposed to be the first show there, and everybody kind of remembered that, so I remembered that there was that venue okay. to use. Sure. So I just started using that room. I think it was, like, 250 bucks to rent out for, uh-huh. like, five hours. And okay. So, um, anyways, I really wanted to get the local bands involved, so I need to figure out how to get them involved. Right. Um, and want to sell tickets for me to do these shows. Okay. So I realized, I looked at how he was doing his ticket deals and I broke it down. You know, if you sold something like 50 tickets, um, you made like 
two dollars a ticket. You know, so you oh, make like, like after your expenses and after yeah, just, so it was like a okay. hundred bucks that you'd get paid to play or something like that. Okay, um, but so I was like, all right, well, how can I make this easier for people? And I was like, well. I only need you guys, like, I only need, like, three or four bands to do this, so why don't I give you 15 tickets, or I'll give you 25 tickets, you only need to sell 15 of them for me, and then, you know, you keep the extra 10, and you make 100 bucks right, selling okay. half the tickets. Got it. Okay. So I started offering that deal out, and everybody wanted to play shows for me, and then I had happened to make, uh, I won tickets on, like, a local radio station, which happened to be, like, down the street from me, to go see, like, I think a movie or something. Okay. And so I walked down there and I made friends with the radio show host. Mm. And I was like, Hey, like I have all these local bands, you know, that have these really cool songs. Like what can we do to get them on the radio? And he was like, I have a local lockdown segment at like 1130 at night. You know, if you, how old me- were you when this was all happening? I'm, I'm just, I'm I was, very, I was 15 at this point. I right? am like so impressed because this is, mm. this is the kind of stuff that I would do too, but I wasn't as, um, wasn't as versed as you. So like when I was like, you know, 13, 14, I was starting to flyer and, and things like that, but I was just trying to get, people together it wasn't like i wasn't putting on the shows i was just like firing and then you know um then i started making friends with like promoters and bands and Mm -hmm. then i would get on these shows i never you know a a thing that i've never had to do though i never had to physically sell tickets that was never a thing you're a lucky guy yeah i never literally literally a lot of people gotta do that i think i had to sell them we have to do that i under i understand like there's there's a certain side like you're like okay look we want to have like a scene Mm -hmm. so in order to do this and have it at this place like, this is what we all have to do to make this happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yep. you're not some big-time promoter that has, like, an in. With- you just got to make it make sense. Yeah. You know, and that's, like, the number one rule of marketing and what we'll get to. It. It's, like, make it make – like, number one rule of partnerships is make it make sense for everybody. Okay. You know, and if we want to do this together, how can I make it make sense for you and also make, make it make sense for me right. to get this done? Right. You know, and I've just taken that approach to everything throughout the rest of my life and what became like how I structure my deals today. The exact same thing. So, okay. So we're, we're going a little ahead, but I was yeah. going to say yeah, when, yeah. when we get, when we're at, okay. So you're at the point where you're putting on these local shows mm-hmm. and then what, what happens when this? So, so you talk to the radio station. So I talk to the radio station. Uh-huh. They tell me that there's a local lockdown segment. Okay. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, and I just kind of sussed it out with a friend's band of mine and I find them a demo that they want to play. And I was like, cool, okay. I can get something on there. I know what they want to listen to. I know what they want to play. Um, and so I turned that into my ticket deals and said, Hey, if you want to do your single release show with me, I'll get your song on the radio and I'll let you headline and pick all your own bands. Huh? Okay. So all of a sudden it was like, cool, we're going to make double the money playing a show for Kyle and we're going to get our song on the radio. Right. Let's do it. You okay. know, and then I just started going really hard with it and I got all these different radio premieres. I got some, some other bands that like didn't end up playing for me, but were like bigger local bands in the okay. scene. Um, and I just made myself an asset in that way. And then it was like, all right, well, how do I get into, you know, the, with back with Tom and the best week ever, I kept seeing how he'd blow up his bands with like, we are the in crowd or okay. the best week ever. And it was to get on pure volume. Pure volume was ah, like, back then was okay. the coolest thing out there, you know? And there was a, like, you could get, if you got on the, like the top 10 charts, like you got a ton of streams, you know? And that was like a really cool look to get on that t- top 10 s- charts. Oh, yeah. um, you know, to pitch out to managers and agents, like you, you could prove that there are streams and there's, there's people listening. And there was a lot of discovery on the website at that point. So, um, I started, I, I found this guy that had, I, I had actually booked on that very first Tom shoes show okay. who was like, I want you to manage me. And I was like, all right, well, let me just see what I can do. Uh-huh. 
Um, you know, let me, what kind of music you have? Do you know anything, anything about management at that point? No clue. Yeah. You know, okay. so I was like, you know, let me try to figure out some shows. Like, um, th- actually Tom, I think wanted to manage him as well. So Tom booked him a show like down at the Best Buy in New York City, which oh. was like a really cool Best in-store performance. Yeah. Well, not the Best Buy oh, Theater. Okay. The actual... It was an actual Best Buy and they had an okay. acoustic showcase. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it was, it was a really cool thing to do back then. Cause you got uh-huh. to go play a show down in New York City and you could promote it that way and bring people and so I hung out with him so much that he was like, you know, I need a backup guy to play acoustic guitar with me. And I wasn't very good at acoustic at that point, but he was like, why don't you just play the root notes? I just want another right. guy on stage with me and you can do like a shaker or something like that. I was like, sure, that'd be awesome. And so I started playing backup with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I really got into my first band was like kind of ne- like weaseling in wow. through the music and like having like all these things I could do for your music. And then he was like, here, like, you know, why don't I just get you involved and you can be in the band and then like we can just promote it together. Right. Like that would be awesome. Um, And so using him then, I was like, well, I want to premiere another one of these. I want to figure out how to get one of these pure volume premieres. So like, let me get another a song that you want to put out and I'll figure it out. And so I found, I like weaseled through the website. I like found like the contact list. I went and looked through like, I think Facebook to find contacts or that were like people that worked at pure volume until I figured out who the person was that did the feature segment on the homepage. Um, and so I got pure volume to feature it on the homepage. Um, and it was huge. I think it went to top 10 like right away and it was a big deal. And I got that little radio premiere and then we got a bunch of shows. Um, and then I started working more of those premieres until I figured out that, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. Until I figured out that um, if you did it on Thursdays, because yeah. it updated every single day, but mm-hmm. if, it, if you got it on Thursdays and it didn't update until the following Tuesday, so they didn't have anything loaded up, so you get the most amount of streams if you dropped it on a Thursday. Huh. And if you asked at least six weeks in advance, you could clear their main page banner, like the prime promo space that was the biggest one. No way. And you get them a really official promo. You dress up their whole pure volume page to make it look super official huh. and get all the promo, the show promos to show that things are going on, that they would give you that main page, main spot, and okay. you get the most amount of streams by doing it on Thursday because wow. it would last that whole weekend. Right. Um, and that was like the intro to my digital marketing career. You know, I was like, man, I, you know, it was just like, we'll drive all these people over here. I showed them all these like radio spots that we were doing. And, and that was like the beginning of it for me. You know, it just became like figuring it out. And then I started playing in that band. We did like a break contest that was like Jeff Menig's the break contest um, to play the Bamboozle Festival. Oh, yeah. I think by like the fourth show I ever played, we played Bamboozle. And so I was like, it was a what really. What band was this called? It was called Dear Luna. Okay. Um, this guy, Frankie Machetto, my buddy Justin Fryer, and Joey Fasolino. We all went to high school together. Okay. Um, Justin played in another band that I always wanted to be in and I just hung out with them all the time. So I eventually just got him in my band later and we did a lot of things. It was really cool. You know, they didn't let me in that band. So you but... won the break con. You know, it's funny. I've actually never met somebody that won one of those things. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking. So now, now you're the first person that I ever met that won the break contest. And yeah. I, me- I remember what that was. Mm-hmm. I remember like, oh, okay, so if you won the break contest, you'd probably play what, like first or second in the day or um, like... we played, I think at like a decent, like Four or five o'clock. Oh, okay. Slot. So it wasn't yeah. like, okay, you get to play at door. You know, it's funny. Whatever. I think We Are the In Crowd actually opened up that day. Really? Yeah, ironically. <laughs> um, I've only gotten to play Bamboozle, God, twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Two or three times. Yeah, twice. It's a pretty big festival. It was yeah. awesome. It was like 60,000 people over three days. Man. Yeah. Bruno Mars played that year. Data Remember played that year. What year was that? Do you remember? Wiz Khalifa. I want to say it was 2011. Okay. Yeah. I only got to do, God, 2008 and nine. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
way before that. Wait, yeah. So I, I did that. Those were like the cool years, wasn't it? Like, was it 2008? I played, I played with Jeffree Star on the 2008 one, and nice. we, we were going up against Paramore, and I was like, wow. no one's going to watch us. Are you kidding me? But then I looked out in the crowd, and sure enough, it, it was, was a lot like, of people. Yeah, a lot of people. I couldn't even tell you how much. But you know, I also back then, I um, it was really popular back then to be in a band. Well, at least the way I was, you know, handling myself. But mm -hmm. it was really, uh, you know, what we would do is we would all drink um, an entire bottle of Jaeger. Oh no! And then go on the stage, and it was just like the best thing ever yeah. back then. There you was know? a thing to do it. There was like a pretty chaotic scene back then. <laughs> yeah, you know? dude. Even that first time hanging out with like Broken Side, like oh the dude like punched the door and broke I've his knuckles. I've toured with those guys. Really? Before. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that. Okay, so we got to go a quick commercial break. Okay. And when we come back, we have uh, Kyle Hewlett. Dude, I'm so, I'm so happy you got to come out here today. I just, love you, man. Show. I know. I love you too. All right, so we'll be back with, uh, I can't even talk. We'll be back with Kyle Hewlett after this uh, for my Adobe. Oh, we're back. Kyle, why don't you tell me that story earlier, man? That's fucking nuts. Dude, I didn't I'm know just, that about you. I'm such a funny guy. Okay. Yeah. You handled that pretty well. Thanks. You know, Kyle, I got to tell you something. Mm. I've done almost 100 of these episodes. Mm -hmm. Almost. And I've done that bit every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> every every single time. Some people don't know how to react. I had one guy that just was like, yeah, man. So uh, anyway, and I'm like, well, wait, you didn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. You'd think Sorry. I was a podcasting pro or a, a radio <laughs> pro. Yeah. You kind of are yeah. at this point. Okay, so now we're back. So we were talking. We left off on like you, you got your big break on on the uh, on the yeah. We got the break contest. Break contest. Um, yes. It was cool. Like we were pushing it really hard. Um, I was just doing a lot of work, um, and I really hustled. And the same guy, Tom DeGrazia, that was yeah. like kind of like my god in the scene to me. Like you know, he was like he had. The best week ever, he had started this, like, side, like, this was the cool thing to do back in the day, was to start, start a side, a joke side hardcore project. It was, okay. like, you know, all the Rise stuff was really blowing up, like, the Attack Attack stuff was, like, really, like, really big at that mm, point. Okay. Um, and so, like, the people in the pop bands were starting these, like, joke side hardcore projects, and so he had started this project. I think, like, Never Shout Never had just done, like, Eat Me While I'm Hot, and, like, all these, right. like, yeah, yeah, side yeah. projects, you know, just to be creative and have fun with it. Um, so they started this project um, called That's Outrageous that they had done. Um, brought me in to do like a couple group vocals for and hang out and like the shouts hey. and the, the haze and whatever. Uh -huh. um, and they had launched it on Pure Volume and it went straight to number one on the charts. Huh. Um, and they had the best week ever, but like around the same week, um, the singer had decided that she wasn't going to give up going to Cornell because she had a Cornell scholarship okay. and then she was going to quit the band. You know, they were oh, going to sign to Columbia okay. and have all these things, but she didn't want to give up the scholarship. And so while they had this other band blowing up straight to the top, yeah. um, they got hit up by Rise and they got hit up by Fearless and they got hit up by, I think, Equal Vision and a couple other labels all within like the first week and they signed to Rise in about 26 days. Um, and so that's he, outrageous. It was outrageous. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and it was like this Sorry. dubstep, like yeah. techno dance, yeah. pop breakdown thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that band just really took off and I tried to stay really close with them and they signed a rise. They put out a record with like Cameron Mizell and, okay. and they got like Dave Shapiro as their agent. Uh, they got Dave Conway as their manager. Like they, man, they really pulled out the stuff. You were talking about band. all people that I've worked with either before or now or. Yeah. You know, whatever. And for people listening, like Dave Shapiro really broke like Woe is Me and like uh um, Pierce the Veil. He's also a drummer. Yeah. You know oh that? yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. He's in this band called Count the Stars. 
Oh yeah, I work, I work with Dave regularly still. Yeah. Um, he he books a band called the Juliana Theory that yeah. I that I he's figure out things for. Still one of the goats, like yeah, absolutely is, to this day. Um, and he's, he's putting like, out right, a lot of great I'm gonna get, right I'm going to get my my big jet plane now, and I'm going to fly myself to my house in mm-hmm. Alaska. See ya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> he's, uh, he's so cool, man. I love Dave. I he, went I went skydiving with him one time. Yeah, he uh, jumps off buildings and stuff. He, he did like did. he was he's trying gnarly. to do like a whole TV show or something, right? So gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, what's funny is is that well, actually, it's not funny at all. Why did I say that? Uh, what's what's crazy mm-hmm. is that as uh, as soon as the oh man, as soon as I did the skydive thing, a week later somebody died at that site, which is so gnarly. Oh my! And I I'm like I'm uh, I'm I'm afraid of heights somewhat, you know? Yeah, same. Like oh, the door on this airplane's open. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get to jump out of it now. Uh oh. Oh no! You no know, wait, there's my booking agent. He just jumped out. Well, I guess what what do I have to live for now? I guess I'm jumping out of the airplane too. So if your friends were jumping off a bridge, you would do it too. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, did you it. did. I did. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I was of like, a well, plane. Yeah, I was like, well, a perfectly good airplane. Yeah, I'm like, he's he's jumping off. Yeah. Okay. So okay, so we're going back to we're going back to you. We we see we can do this. Is, yeah. This is so easy and fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you're at the point now where you're you're just about to join. So I didn't actually end up joining right away. I thought I was going to be in the band, and then they ended up basically pulling everyone from the best week ever into this new band. Okay. Um, I stayed close with the guys. You know, they went off and started touring. Um, I think their first tour ever was with Memphis Mayfire on okay. Memphis's first tour with Rise Records. Uh-huh. Then they went off to go tour with the Mice and Men on like the the An Icy Stars, and I wrestled a bear once, and like okay. really took off. And then like. Later down the road, like, the singer, like, quit the band, which was the guy that, like, I was kind of friends with, and they got a new singer, and it didn't really work out, and then he eventually, like, the whole rest of the band, like, or, I'm sorry, one of the other screamer that was in the band um, got tapped by Maddie Mullins and recommended to take over Michael Bond's place in Woe Is Me. Okay. So all of a sudden, both the key members are, like, out of the band, and he goes off to Woe Is Me and starts a whole new record, and then... Tom eventually convinces, I think, the bassist to let him back on the Facebook page and then immediately kicks everybody off the Facebook page. Oh, shit. You know, guts the whole band. He's like, I'm doing this over. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, let's go. Really? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, um, but I think he's So by chance... Yeah, it was just it was a like right place, right time kind of thing. Or was yeah, it like, and I was still okay. doing like Dear Luna at this point, and then it was like I was just really like I I, I put a lot into my live show. I really promoted the band super hard, and he was like, "Do this band with me. Let's let's pump it out together, and, and we'll push it really hard." And I was like, "Yeah, let, let's go." Um, so they actually, I mean, they severed a lot of ties. So it was like I didn't really understand what was going on at the time because. I didn't know much about labels. I was just like kind of this local guy, but they yeah. And you were and you were just a fan of music, and you were just like yeah. in it, and yeah. you were just just like how all of us start. So I mean, you know? he cut yeah. ties with like Rise and with Dave and with Conway, and then just started it over, signed right. a new record deal, and we did it, you know, another deal, and then like booked a bunch of shows and like tried to do some touring, but like this dude is kind of insecure, like. He just, like, didn't really love to, like, tour. Like, a lot of people don't love touring. A lot of people, like, it's just not your favorite thing to do. I actually, it's actually one of my very, It's my favorite thing to do. I love touring, like, 100%. So I was really stoked. It takes a special person to do it, though. But then, like, I got to, you know, I took over the socials and continued to push it. And it ended up doing, like, our first week sales on that album did, like, something like, twice of the total album sales on the first record. And so okay. the band really took off and it, like, we definitely put out like the biggest songs the bands had ever did, but we just didn't really get to tour a whole bunch after that, which was kind of a bummer. Cause that's the part I love doing. I love playing shows. Right. Um, yeah. 
And we did end up doing a bunch, but like, you know, it was no like Mice and Men, I Wrestled a Bear once tours or anything like sure. that, you know? Okay. I well, think he picked up Dave for a little bit and then immediately like we got through some shows that like didn't go so well and he was just out. Wow. Um, I'm like pretty that. sure the band probably still owes him money or something at this point. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a rough business, man. So at that point, general. I was like, you know what? I'm moving to California. Okay. So what, what year was that that you moved out? So here. at that point, that was probably like 2013. Okay. I think I was 19 years old. Um, okay, so you, it seems like you've done a lot in your teenage years. Yeah, at that you point, know? you know, and that yeah. was I was still in high school when I was in that band. Like, right. um, it was kind of my first like run of the mill. And then so I moved out to I was I was supposed to join a different band. I was supposed to join a band called Out the Skylines because I was like that's outrageous is going down. And I was friends with this guy Chris Shelley and. Okay. He was like, "Hey, oh, we're I'm gonna... th- I was, dude. I was thinking about something completely different. Mm-hmm. There was this band. Never mind. I don't even want to talk. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. I thought there's this other band that you're going to talk about, and then I realized it wasn't that band at all. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. I don't need to tell the story. Okay, so go for it. Yes. So, anyways, I was still trying to play, and I really wanted to join another band. band. I was like, I need to just like switch over to another band. Like this isn't going super hot. Like, yeah." Um, we ended up down to like three members, like putting out songs and just like taking photos and trying to make it work. But okay. um, Chris said that they were going out on an Icy Stars tour and needed a bassist. Okay. So I like, asked if I would come and I like got ready to go. And then like the week before, just like disappeared. Total MIA. Band is not on the tour anymore. Like I can't, I don't hear from him. Mm-hmm. Like no clue. And it turns out that they, band basically just imploded, you <sighs> know, and he just, I don't know if he just didn't want to tell me or what. Um, And so no tour. And so last minute I hit up this guy that I made friends with through the internet from like promoting bands. And like I started working for his bands. His name's Richard Rains. And he was uh, a music manager. He used to run drive-thru records. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I am. You know, I am. I'm very close with Stephanie. Yep. I love Richard and Stephanie. Still to this day. Absolutely. They're the best. Um, You know, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. They're great. Nothing to say. You know, I think there's some, some things that have been said that, you know, aren't true and sure. like it is what it is. Um, and I think that they persevere. They're wonderful people. Yeah. They, I think they persevere like no other and they build bands like no other. Um, and that, that's all there is to say. You right. Know? Uh, they were managing a band called All Star Weekend at that point. Mm-hmm. And another friend of mine in the local scene, this guy named Tyler Wilson, that um, had started a band or it, they were in a different band. And okay. all of a sudden I heard that this guy had gotten involved in. Um, taking a bunch of the other popular kids from the scene and rebooting it. And they were going to put them on Disney channel because they had all-star weekend <laughs> and they did, you know, it was all of a sudden this kid went from this local band to like a week later was on Disney channel what? doing this. Like, I don't even know this whole like contest or something okay. like, but immediately, you know, the kid moved out to California and it's, I just saw this kid's whole life take wow. off. He was like touring the world immediately doing stadiums and okay. arenas. Like, Jeez. Huge, he was, they were on the radio, and I was like, I got to know who this Richard Reigns guy is. So okay. I found him on Facebook, and we became friends, and I was like, I really want to move out to California. Like, I still want to play music, uh, but I was still good at the marketing thing. So, right. like, he had me do a lot of graphic design for Hollywood Ending and for All-Star Weekend and for okay. some of his other bands. There was one called— So Nothing. he liked your work, and then he— He liked my work, yeah. Okay. And then there was a band called Nothing But Thieves that yep. I was like— oh, yeah. 
that they were just like a baby band. We didn't totally know what it was going to be. Yeah, like, small, small baby band, right? Yeah, totally small baby. <laughs> well, it was like that. I know, they didn't even have yeah, a yeah. song out yet. You know, they had okay. two covers on YouTube, like a Queen cover and like a Hey Ho cover. They're so great. Okay. You know, yeah. and and so um, I did a bunch of graphic design, just basically worked on the social media. Like I love doing social media at that point and like building out the, the, the look of the page and the branding and the voicing of it because I was really good at the, the social media with That's Outrageous. I really was great with like the creative direction direction and building an audience i built the that's our ages audience like huge afterwards like once i got into that band and like really right. laid into it i really built a solid following for them and a good community um and so i just started laying that into other things you know as like a side hustle job where i'd make like 75 bucks here like 50 bucks right. here yeah um as like a graphic designer a little bit like because i learned so much graphic design doing like flyers and and, and social pages and things like that right that it was just an asset to make me an asset okay you know, and, and sure. to open up some doors for me in that so way. This is like middle, uh, what do you call that era? Like the tens through the, the twenties. The teens. The teens. Yeah. The so, teens. During, so during the teens, this is what you were, this is what you were doing. Okay. Yeah. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing great. Yeah. Okay, you don't so. worry about that. I, okay, I just okay, want, okay. I just want to give, I just want to get your story. So, th so you're moving out to California now. Mm -hmm. Richard Rains is like your, your guy that you, you make yeah, a relationship with. You're, you're getting all this work. Mm -hmm. Things are going great. Okay. He's so you're like, out here. Yeah. He's like, Hey man, like. You know, I have a room if you ever want to move in and come out to California. And so, like, all of a sudden, wow. the, the the At the Skylands thing doesn't work out. Okay. And I'm like, Richard, like, some stuff fell through. Like, can I still move into your spot? And I knew that Tyler and Dan, Dan Garrity, yeah. Knew, yeah, oh, yeah, had all lived there at one point. And, like, there was all those things that, like, you know, that mm -hmm. we were saying before that I just kind of looked into it. And they were like, no, nah, like, it's not like that. Like, like these dudes are cool. Like, yeah. pull up. 100%. Like, absolutely. And so, you know, I was like, all right, sick, let's go, you know. Um, right. I think I had even showed Richard my band at one point, and he had, like, liked it on Facebook, and I was really excited about it, and we, like, totally. went and met with them, but. No, dude, they had a they had a big empire, man. I mean, yeah, I listened to a lot of the like, drive-thru stuff, Yeah, man. absolutely. Like, way back. Even, I mean, even the All-Star Weekend stuff, massive. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, even Hollywood Ending did really pretty good. They still they've stream they've pretty had, well. They've always had an ear for, for things. Even yeah. if even if it was some stuff I didn't like. And they so early knew. on. Yeah, they always knew, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for them, who knows if like a New Fine Glory like, would be a yeah. thing or fucking... Hello Goodbye. Yeah. Nah, hell, even Dashboard was on there for like Dashboard a second. Yep. You know? Finch. Yeah, Finch was like that. Yeah. tons of bands. Al yeah. Dude, I think Alistair, Alistair should have they yeah. should have had their day, man. The I, starting line. Come yeah. on. <laughs> a, a yeah, a bunch of bands. They, they brought them all up. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so... Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, they they actually, you know, I was gonna say Steph, Stephanie played a huge role in my life. Stephanie's so smart. She's like, very she walks smart. In, like you can just tell. Like, mm -hmm. like you can tell that she walked. Like, I mean, I've never been in a meeting with her, but I would imagine that Stephanie walks in and just fucking drags everyone. <laughs> Am she's, I wrong? No, like, she's dude. She's so cool. Yeah, I still I I don't talk to her as much as I would like to because now they're in Nashville and stuff. But man, yeah. she was like such a pivotal person. Yeah. Um. I really like, admire her. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I felt like her and I, dude, we used to hang out, like, all the time. Like, I think, like, 2008, we hung out literally, like, yeah, all the time. That's awesome. Literally all the time. Yeah. Uh, she's a great person. So, if Stephanie, for some reason you're listening to this, what's up? Hey, Steph. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I moved in with Richard for a couple years. Yeah. Um, I, like, kind of rallied around this guy that was a songwriter that Richard was going to, like, manage. And we okay. didn't totally know what it was going to be. This guy, Nick Anderson. Um, okay. And so we started a band called Coastbound and like brought in some other members and I pushed it really hard. And I think okay. like, I just like, I think I got too possessive over like trying to like build it because okay. like, 
I mean, you need to put in the footwork. The band has to put in the footwork. And, like, I love building projects. And I love, like, management. I love marketing. And I love, like, booking shows. Um, and so I got really involved. But I think that, like, I should have probably just let Richard do his thing. Um, okay. And eventually I got kicked out, you know. Um, and huh. um, they kind of had, like, it, I mean, it was more like the band just decided to rebrand and become a new band, mm-hmm. um, which they did. And it became the Rex with Aaron Kelly. And, like, the band, like, really took off and are a pretty, like, sizable band at this point. A ton of all-nation hits. And, like, it was cool to kind of see that come from, like, you know, Nick on Skype writing a bunch of songs to, like, man, they're, like, all over alt-nation now. You know, right. like, Rich, again, Richard and Stephanie, they see it so early. Like, right. they're, like... There's something else, 100%. So um, I ended up moving out um, and just trying to move in with a, started a, like a, a social media agency okay. um, that was called Total Assault. Um, Total Assault. Yeah. Is that Jess Redmond's company? Do you remember Jess Redmond? No, Daniel Ostro's company. Okay. So I knew a guy from Total Assault. Okay. His name was Jess Redmond. Yeah, they definitely have had a lot of people coming in in and out of that company. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I but that was his company. It d- doesn't matter. Okay, so so you work at Total Assault. Yeah, I work at a social media company, and mm-hmm. like at that point, like I was also developing a songwriter um, that was like from my hometown, and so like I was doing a lot of socials for her. So you do, was, you're doing like a bunch of things already, for constantly. People. Yeah, like constantly. you're like the guy behind the success of it could be whatever brand or band yeah. or what. God. So crazy, man. I I mean, I just love like I love music more than anything. Right. And I just want to be involved, and I and I love audience work, and yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to. I love audience work. I love like even since I was really little. Yeah, you know, I helped a lot of like my friends like couple up, and like totally. I constantly just like help people like push people in a direction that they probably had available to them anyways. They just needed to go a right, bit. just a little kick in the butt, you know. Um, and so like, I always kind of looked at myself as like a little Cupid for that. Like it was just like drawing uh-huh. the string back and like opening it up or putting it in front of them or, or, you know, an audience to an audience, a person to a person, a band to an audience, right. an audience to a band. Oh, by the way, this has nothing to do with anything. Okay. But I just realized something. You left your baseball hat in my car. Oh, uh, so, I've been so looking gonna, all over so for I'm it. Gonna, so I'm going to give that to you. As soon as the show's over, that just I just had to say that on the air. I love that. Hat. Okay, great. Yeah, it's it's yours. Yeah, come grab it. You know. Okay. I almost like put a I almost put I the hat, a hat on in a week. <laughs> t- yeah, I almost put the hat on and took a picture and been, been like, "You missing something?" I almost yeah, <laughs> I've been panicking. I've been looking all over my really? girlfriend's room, over oh, my room. I my love God. that. Yeah, you left yeah. it in my car after one of our little outings we've had. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now you're at the point now where you're in California. I mean, you know what's really funny, though, is I, I mm. say this on all my shows, but like nine times out of ten, bands fail. Yeah. And the one in ten yeah. that don't fail were the ones that were too stupid to stop. And I feel like in a weird yep. way, you are also in that category mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, you stopped playing music, but you're not like – but you're you're very much in music. There's yeah. a lot of people – like a lot of people know who you are. You're, you're behind so – I mean, I want to get to this like – shortly after our, our next commercial break. Mm-hmm. But like you work with so many fucking labels now and, mm-hmm. and just people and you help bands. I don't know. You're just, you're just an interesting guy to me. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. So, okay. Uh, we'll be right back. We have, we have to take a break for another word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to conclude the interview with Kyle Hewlett. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Oh my God, Ryan! This time Kyle. is you. No, it definitely wasn't me. Dude. It's never me. It's that my. Was, it's my show. You're a funny guy. It's not me. I'm. Ugh. 
You don't even have to try. I, I'm funny sometimes. Yeah. I make people laugh sometimes. It just depends. I'm not like a comedian. I don't but... know how, but you got me this time. Oh, fuck. Nah. <laughs> you. Okay. I got him. All right. So we're back. We're back with Kyle. You know, hopefully they didn't play the song that I hate coming back into the show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who the artist is. I, I shouldn't talk smack, but you yeah. know, you're, it's okay if it's not, you know, I should start saying it's not for me. Yeah. Not that I don't like it. Yeah. It's not for me. I'm kind of curious. I am too, man. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, I don't even know. I want to sing the song, but it just, it happens. It, and I, they got wind. Adobe got wind that I, I didn't like the song. Oh no. Well, that's also because like I told them I didn't like the song. <laughs> I, I went up and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, can we just like play something else? Like in between like the, the, the commercial breaks, you know, cause they'll do like a couple ads for things. And then like they come back and mm-hmm. it's like a, a thing, some artist. And it's the, the same one. Mm-hmm. It's just the same song. Mm. And then finally they came back to me and they were like, well, would you like to pick out a two minute, you know, song to, to fill in the gap? You know, I was like, I actually would. But you yeah. know, what? I haven't gotten around to it yet. Why, <laughs> why don't to. I feed you some bands? Right. Yeah. I could. Oh, hey, there you go. There it is. There it is. I'll, I'll help you guys. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Like after this, I'm going to go see this artist. I've, I've, I love to be surprised. I'm going to go see this artist called Leon of Athens. Mm. But my friend who I actually, I really want to have her on my show, but her name's her name's Eva. Oh. And she runs uh, Fada Booking. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, Booking? yeah. So she's out of Philly, and like, God, she's been working with me for oh, like yeah. 20 years. Absolutely, yeah. The Eva, email just popped into my brain. Yeah, Eva Alexia Rio. Yep. Yeah. And she's married to Joe from, uh, fuck, Hidden in Plain View. That's the name of the band. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So Another know. drive-thru band. Another drive-thru band. Yeah. Yeah, man. So um, I got to stay at her house recently because I was filling in uh, for my friends in that band, Weathers. Oh. So we got, the, we got yeah, I got to, I got to stay at her house and you know, we got to catch up. We went, we went to like my favorite place ever in Philly. Have you spent much in time in Philly ever? <sighs> Not it's a really awesome place down the street from, um, Oh God, I'm already drawing a blank. Holy God. What's the <laughs> venue there, man? You know, not the Trocadero. What's the fucking, you know, the place. My brain don't work that good. Yeah, it doesn't work great no, at all. Oh, it's not great. myself after the show's <laughs> over. Anyway, we went to this, t- this place called Tattooed Mom. Mm. It's a really great bar and they serve vegan food. Nice. But it was always down the street from this place that I play all the fucking time. I can't think of it. Oh, my God. What is the name of that venue? Holy shit. I really... Do you know venues in Philly? You have to. Now we're going to... I'm going to... Sp- oh, my God. This is going to drive I'm sure crazy. I do. This is gonna, I, I almost like want to pause this and like go on my phone and figure this out. You could probably even tell me like the name ju- of the venue, and I wouldn't know where it was. Okay. Then it doesn't matter. But yeah. I've, I've played there like the last two times like in, in like a fucking year. Mm. And then I remember like going... Because I was filling in for... um. My friend's band, the Juliana Theory, and then I was also, you know, and then I played in my own band, mm-hmm. IDK How, and I just remember going there both times, and they're like, oh, the power is so dirty, the dirty power, it's dirty. Why, why is this not working, blah, blah, and I'm trying to fucking remember the name of that venue. Um, oh, my God. Anyway, we're back with Kyle. <laughs> the hey whole time, I'm just trying to remember the name of the venue, and it's going to fucking drive me crazy. <laughs> like, I know all the other venues I know, like First Unitarian and, like, Union Stage, mm-hmm. and what's the other one? What's the big one? Not the Electric Factory, not the... Not the Barbary, but it's the... Ah, I can't think of it. If you're listening, drop it on your story. Oh, my God. Post a tweet. This is is awful. Okay, so Kyle, so you're out here now. Your bands are like, they're all falling apart. Yeah, so I start working... I'm going to Google this while you're telling me this story. I have to. So I start working in social media. I'm like kind of developing the songwriter on the side that like, um, you know... Didn't end up working out, but, you know, I I helped her get some sessions. Um, Like, we used to do, like, children's theater together. Um, And so I I was like, you know, these records are really good, but, like, you know, would you be cool with doing some, like, studio sessions with, like, some friends of mine? 
And so we got her a session, and then, like, the guy calls me, like, midway through the session. He's like, this is really good. Um, okay. You know, I'm going to bring her into some other sessions. Um, and I was like, cool, sounds good. You know, and that very next session ended up being the session for Broken for Lovely the Band. Um, you know, oh. and it ended up being, huh. like, the longest-running number one hit in that, like, all-time yeah. of radio history. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I think Black Bear and All Time Low recently just broke that but my band was the band though that knocked all time low off their 18 week streak wow we knocked them off. i'm sure they got back up there again but we yeah. knocked them off originally we went ah is that why you got that plaque in your, your no that's for, that's for a different song isn't that crazy so like pretty jealous no no it's it's cool though i was what i was gonna say, okay i thought of the name of the venue it's called tla i'm so stupid oh. tla is down the street from uh tattooed mom it's I've a great never... place though. you should go to tattooed mom if you're if you're ever in you know okay. so Oh my god, we have like ten minutes left on this. Yeah, that's show. what I'm saying. How are we doing on time? We're doing great. Okay, right. so so you're so you're working this thing. Anyway, happens. Yeah, she gets this huge hit, but her and I just don't end up working out because I like you know I'm trying to work more with like artists, and I think yeah. that she's a songwriter. She really wants to be an artist, but I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how to break her, and so it just didn't work out. You know, but I'm right. glad that she got that huge hit, and it was okay. like, um, but I started doing a lot of social media with that, and I got this job at a social media agency. Um, and I ended up growing down with one of the the acts I had that worked out of um, Will I Am's Creative Warehouse. He okay. was like the music director for the Black Eyed Peas, and mm. so he also wrote "Where Is the Love" for the Black with the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> and so he's like, "Hey, like you're really good at this. Like, what if I just paid you what you know you're making now, um, you know, just to do me, and then we'll start an agency together out of future." Wow. You know, and I was like, yeah, let's go. And so, like, I leave this agency and I start this, like, company. I called 27 Social at the time. And I started booking a lot of, like, local events in okay. L.A. and promoting a lot. I was pro- promoting the Riff and, like, okay. all these. I remember that. Like, just trying to get involved and meet people and meet the community and such. Sure. Um, and so we started that agency. I picked up some artists like Toki Monster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then just did, like, you know, just kept going with it for a few years. But I was, like, really struggling to figure out how to do like a business. Um, so I ended up, him and I ended up parting ways as well. Um, and then I started working at Adobe um, and I kept okay. doing the social media stuff on the side. Okay. Um, but like what, one of the things I noticed like specifically when I was doing the social media was that I could find clients that would pay me a lot. Okay. Um, that didn't know how to do social media, okay. but it caused a lot of tension in okay. their return on investment. Okay. You know, like sure. I could like even for like, you know, decent projects that, you know, we could get a tweet going viral like left and right, you know. Okay. Um, you know, it was still a lot of tension on like how do we create return on our investment? Like, are there any sales? And like that bothered me that I couldn't prove the return on investment. And I figured that, you know, maybe if I figured out how to do the advertising, I could figure out how to drive sales. Okay. Or I could start to figure out how to drive, like, definite views, you know, on a music video, on a YouTube video. Or how to drive new fans to an Instagram page or to a Facebook video or to a Facebook page, you know, without having to do, like, any sort of, like, buying views or ads or followers. I was like, I'm pretty sure that these platforms give you opportunities to reach their audiences. You just need to, like you're a business building a, your business on top of their business. They just want you to cut them in. And so I was like, why don't I figure out how to do this advertising? And so I started leaning into the advertising and I started to get pretty good at it. And after a few years, um, you know, I think I'd come back from like a warp tour Mm kind of beaten and broken and like had no job. And I like picked up like a part-time, this is the first part-time job I'd had in years. Okay. Um, at like a pizza place and like a, 
coffee shop. Okay. You know, and I was working from like 7.15 in the morning until midnight mm-hmm. every okay. single day, wow. like 10 days back to back to back. Okay. But this guy, this photographer that I had met on Warp Tour, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that I had talked about um, the advertising with and um, was like recommended me to a manager that yeah. had a record coming out um, that he didn't feel like the label was supporting well enough or they just wanted to get more sales and they had a bunch of money and they were like, you know, what can I do to get you involved? So, like this record comes out in 10 days. The tour starts in 10 days. Okay. You know, do you want to work it? I was like, I don't really even have time to fucking sleep right now. I'm working from 7, 15 in the morning until yeah. midnight. Okay. So I stayed up, you know, I took the job and, um, I, I kind of pitched him a budget on it and I stayed up for like three days straight, like through all my work breaks and I built these ad campaigns. Um, and with that 10 days to spare, we sold out 20 shows on the tour. Um, all of, all of the VP VIP on the Uh tour, the VIP went from doing like two to three VIPs a day to doing like 25 to 30. Oh you know, God. there's, and they were like $150 VIP, right. like $80 tiers. Like it made them a lot of money really fast. And then the record sales also boomed, you know, okay. because I was nurturing this, this one consistent audience. Um, and it ended up being a number one record and it was a band called Polyphia and it's, uh-huh. they're still okay. like an absolutely massive band. And so I got really involved in their sales from that point forward. But this manager was so excited that he was like, you know, what can I do to get you out of this other job? Because I have a lot of other stuff I need you to do for me and all these other projects to work so on. The, so the return on that one, because you understood the, the clientele, so I it still worked didn't, for you. I actually still didn't figure out the return on ad spend, but I knew that there was something in the advertising where I could figure this out. I knew that okay. I could figure out how to do tracking right. eventually. Um, and so I just kept practicing it, you know, and I did it for like really cheap rates or whatever it was. Like I couldn't totally quantify it yet, but I did mm-hmm. just enough to like, I saved up just enough from working that project. And I think one other like VIP campaign for okay. like August Burns Red. So he started throwing me projects like left okay. and right. Like this yeah. guy makes me money. Okay. You know, and and what was cool is like it wasn't from networking at the bar. It wasn't from like meeting some other guy like and, and going to a coffee meeting. It was just from doing a good job. Right. You know? And all of a sudden this manager was like, this is your guy. And he starts throwing me project after project after tour after tour. And I was like starting to have to pass on them because like I had these other jobs. And so eventually I just, that month I saved up everything that I made and I quit both those jobs cold turkey. Okay. Um, with just enough to pay my rent for the following month. And I was okay. like, I have no other choice but to figure this out. Sure. And do this like full time all by myself, you know, without doing the social media game. Cause I just hated social media at that point. Like, I think I, I had even done like social media for like the warp tour for a couple months. Like, and like, that was like my dream project. And it was just like, it's, it's a lot of labor. It's a lot of work and it's very hard to prove return. And it's a lot of stress. Um, and so anyways, that worked really well and I kept doing it. And then that boss that I had at warp tour, um, was like, Hey, like yeah. I'm going to live nation, you know, you're doing a really good job. Would you like to pick up some of my accounts? And the first one was a label called pure noise records. And okay. like, I was a big fan of pure noise. So I was like, absolutely. And so once I got on that account, the first thing I did was I just went through it and I scanned exactly what they did to build their campaigns to figure out how to do all the tracking, um, all the sales and how to prove the return on investment. I just okay. rebuilt a ton of campaigns. And once I figured it out, it clicked. I just was missing one little piece. Okay. And so within like the first like um, few months, I think like the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic hits and um, they're kind of like, hey, like we might cut 
the freelancers, like I'm yeah. just independent, like working like on like a part-time retainer and cause I like working independently. Like I don't want to work any, anywhere exclusively. Right. Kind of keeps me from working on other records. Sure. Um, and so I was like, well, just give me a second to see what we can do here. And so we start putting like all the bands on like all, all the bands that they had like merch on. Cause everybody's in indoors at this point. We know that e-commerce is about to blow up. So we right. put like everybody on this like little standing spend and we get all the bands like their state champs, the story so far, knock loose. And we just let it run at this like couple hundred bucks a month. Um, and within like the first like month or two, it's, mm -hmm. it's driving like God spending like nothing, you know? Right. And so I was like, and I forgot I had actually put this model on, on Polyphia as well. And I think I spent like, like over the course of like eight months testing this out before I brought this over. Okay. Um, and it did like, wow, you know, doing okay. nothing and it just sits. And so I was like, this is it. This is what I got to do. And I just started building it for everybody possible. But from that point forward, it was like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. Like, and like, I wanted to pick up more like independent projects. So I took right. that, that idea where I was like, how do I make it make sense for other people? Yeah. Um, and I, I set up this new deal, how I did with Polyphia, and they're like, we're going to pay you commission on the sale. You know, I think it was, it's like, I mean, I'll just be open about it. It's like 15% okay. uh, net after like a fixed third cost of goods, which means that I take all the risk by investing my time up front. Mm -hmm. There's no flat rate, which means there's no risk to the artist by having right. me involved. And I just go find all the extra money. Okay. And then I cut myself out on the back end. Got it. And so from that point forward, it was like, I can do this for everybody because I can, now I have that ticket deal mm -hmm. where it makes sense for everybody involved to let me just go find the money. It goes back to the being a promoter when you yep. first started. And wow, then man. cut myself out in the back end. And now I have this model that I can just go find money for anybody. Sure. You know, nobody else does this. And so that's what I built my business on. You know, I ended up doing the Neck Deep number one album. I ended up working the Doja Cat Say So Climb against Megan <sighs> Thee Stallion. And uh -huh. we won that. We took that to number one worldwide Billboard Hot 100. Um, you know, I, I, I picked up Sumerian Records, who I have now as well. We're doing the Sleeping With Sirens record. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a, a cartel reboot. I've been rebooting Attack Attack for the last year. I do a lot of distribution. Yeah, you do now. like management like, stuff for them too, right? No, so... Um, or you're like involved, you're involved though. I'm involved in the day-to-day -day affairs um, okay. as far as all like the marketing and sales, the e-commerce, the toy right. marketing. Um, okay. And so that one's like my baby project. Super right. heavily involved. But, you know, it's it's been really rewarding, you know, to find these avenues where I can help other artists without putting them in any risk and reinvent right. some models here that just helps them find extra money, helps them create stability in their lives and their careers right. and only cut myself out when it wins. You know, I think it's Dude. an honest, it's a fair model yeah. and I think it really helps a lot of people kyle i'm so bummed out that we have like a minute left I in the show i i, I, I tried learned, so hard learned, to wrap it up dude, <laughs> i learned i learned so much about you though this yeah. is great yeah okay so if people want to find you if people want to pick your brain like sure. what's what's the best way to find you like on um, the internet. I mean, Instagram's fine. This is just like at Kyle Hewlett. Yep, at Kyle Hewlett. That's it? There's <laughs> okay. a graphic. I'm sure you can find it there. Okay. Um, I got an email. Um, I don't post that anywhere, but it's okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out. If, if, if someone's a hustler enough and they want, if you're like me, radar, yes, you'll figure, figure it out. out. Oh my god, Kyle, I'm so proud of you. You have you have no idea. Just in general, I've I've seen you grown so much in the last like year, Thanks, almost. Man. You know, God. It's just crazy just sitting here with you. But, okay, well, we've ran out of time. Kyle's such an interesting guy. I think he's – he's. this is only the beginning, I think, for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, coming up next, we got uh, Gon Fishkin here on Adobe Radio. <laughs> so I'm, I'm his opener every week. 
So it's it's his it's his show, it's his station, you know. So um, all right, well that's all the time we have, and so make sure you visit Kyle at, at Kyle Hewlett on everything on the internet, and we will see you next week on Ryan Seaman and Friends. And thank you, Kyle, again so much for coming out, man. I really appreciate it. I love you, man. I love you too. All right, talk soon, and we will see you next week on Ryan Seaman and Friends.